0: Damn, I can't believe it. October's two months away. Less than two months away. Crazy. Time flies. I'm, like, tripping out. I was talking to, I think, Goonin or someone the other day. And he was like, yeah, A.I.N. Cali Trippin. Our, our trip when we went to California was only eight months ago. If you told me, I would have thought it was three years ago. Yeah, like, I would have believed him if you said that. It's crazy how t- time is flying, man. But, uh, yeah, October. October 3rd and 4th. The second New England AIM. I can't believe, like, the first year was mind-blowing. We're going to do it again. And I'm trying to step it up because it's the second one. So I'm hyped to add, like, you know, more stuff to make the days, like, eventful and awesome and fill it out. And uh, I've come up with, with some, some stuff. So on Saturday, October 3rd, we're going to have 14 and under, 15 and over. We did that last year. Man, all the 14-year-olds and under here, kill it. So much style. I couldn't believe this I couldn't believe the tricks they were doing, honestly. I was like wow, skateboarding is progressing, it's so sick. And then the 15, o- 15 and over last year. My god dude. Some of the best skateboarding period, like tricks and gnarliness and just passion and drive and uh, style pop. Like goddamn This time this time we're adding an after party though. So we got fourteen and under, fifteen and over, and then that night we're all gonna head down. Everybody heads to No Problemo, taqueria in New Bedford Mass, Skater own, Skater Run, right next to Solstice Skate Shop. That whole there's a curb to skate out front. It's sick, man. And we're gonna have live music and as everyone hang out, network, meet each other, say what's up and talk about the following day. So yeah, that's the first day. And then day two, October fourth, which will be a Sunday. That's gonna be gonna be the blowout. That's gonna be the gnarliness. We're gonna wake up early and we're gonna I'm adding this to the event this year. It's a personality slash VIP slash shop owners contest. I, a contest isn't even the right word. Jam. Because really we do jam format. So it's you're not out there by yourself. It's just fun. You skate with a couple homies and just kill it. You know, do what you can do at the skate park. Skater's Edge has everything. Quarter pipes, ledges, rails, hips, small, big, whatever you want. Just jam. So we're going to get all the people that helped build the industry in New England. All the shop owners. All the people that were the personality. Like Ramsey and John Cummins. Or like people that contribute in a funny way or however they can. The people that build the DIYs. Those are the VIP people. The people that are building concrete and doing all that stuff. Like those dudes got to come and shred. So and we'll give out some cool prizes for that. So we're going to do that in the morning. And then we'll get later in the afternoon. We'll get the young bucks out there. I'm talking about the skate shop invite contest. That's going to be gnarly. That that division, there's three riders from each shop. 3 3 last year, 3 every every team brought three killers. Seriously, three killers last year. And we had 24 shops enter. It was insane to see so many killers, skate shops and just destroyers like the tricks that went down last year. I mean, I kind of knew it. That's why I started the contest. I was like, there's so many good people in New England. So many young, killing kids that shred. I was like, we got to do this event. Like, I, I would shred with them. I've seen them. I'd be like, damn. I filmed a lot of these motherfuckers' video parts. So I knew how good they are. And I, Last year, they did not let me down. Everyone came together, and it was some of the most insane skating. And, like, new people popped up that I didn't know about either because so many people came. And that was sick because it's like, wow, more skateboarders. I love skateboarding. So, yeah, that's going down again. So, let me give you a recap of Sunday. Wake up early. The personality VIP shop owner. Then later in the day, we get the skate shop invite division crushing it. And then, I added this this year. We're going to do a best trick. And it's going to be a world footwear best trick. And I'm going to give out cash just for bangers. So, good tricks. You know, like people coming through, you can tell they're working. Or just something you've been keeping in the bag that you're like, I can't wait to show this one off best trick we're gonna do some we're gonna do some cash for that so this that's coming up october third and fourth at skaters edge new england and year two tripping out uh we got a lot more to talk about here we got to talk about right now AIM life episode one it's up right now if you go to com or com, either or take you to the same website the video is there the first episode. I worked, Me and Manny and everyone who's helped me with it worked so hard. I can't believe it's finished. I'm so excited for you guys to check it out. If you like it at all, if it's any any bit interesting to you at all, please share it. That's That would help us out tremendously and be rad. Just more eyes on it. We created it. We're stoked to get it seen. So if you guys could help, that'd be amazing. If you didn't like it, I don't want to hear about it. Go tell someone who cares, not me, because I was stoked. I just wanted to make something awesome with people I like and just try to create something. i never done this before. This is my first episode. I'm so excited to share it to you. We're already working on the second one, too, which trips me out. Uh, also, alright, so here's the big hammer of all hammers right here. This episode has Chad Muska. God damn. Sickest dude in skateboarding. Just think about the impact Chad Muska had on skateboarding. How much hype and just... All around the it was the muska, you know what I mean? He's on the podcast today. Uh as usual you can find everything. If you want to know anything else about New England Am or AIM life or the podcast, all you gotta do is go to all I dot com or all I need dot com and it I post it all up there, you can check it all out. You guys have you guys are awesome. Thank you so much for listening. I I enjoy this one, man. Peace.
1: This, this is, is The, is the show. show. Whatever you do, you have one thing that's unique. You have the ability to make art. And when things get tough, this is what you should do. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. Microphone check, one, two, one, two. I, I hope they get it. I'm sick of explaining history. I'm rolling with a circle of winners. We claim the victories. Yeah, come on. This about to be the realest shit you ever heard. You're in a transitional world right like now. Yeah, it's just basically going for it. You know, sometimes you think about getting hurt or slamming, but you know it happens. It's skateboarding; you know, it happens game, every day. Yeah,
0: people are worried about skateboarding and the state of the industry. Yeah. The truth is, we are the industry. Yeah. The skateboarders are the industry.
1: Experience, I guess, just because there's like I've never seen like that many skaters in one place. Just like it's like we take over the streets.
0: All right, let me make sure we're rolling. All right, we're rolling. So this is audio only, just so you know. Um, I just yeah. like being able to see each other, but I don't know. Yeah. Have you? Do you ever listen to any podcasts?
1: No, to be honest with you, I, I I haven't really. I've heard about your show around. Like I've seen people talk about it and stuff, and then like uh, you know, I I just you know I've I've heard it around, but like to be honest with you, I myself haven't really uh listened to a lot of podcasts, and uh, I'm constantly doing things all the time, kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, so sometimes it, uh, doesn't allow me the time to check out other things people are doing almost, you know, cause I'm constantly trying to figure out something, um, that I need to develop or create or, uh, pursue, you know, it's a kind of nonstop and, you know, and most recently, like, you know, any type of like communication or like information and things like that have been through like you know, do just the social social media based stuff, more of the apps, or like whether it's Instagram or Facebook or something like that or Twitter. Like, that's my kind of digital communication of way I've connected yeah. to people and seen what was happening. And even less uh, we, uh, website based nowadays to the point where I don't think I even visit many websites anymore. even. Uh, wow. It's yeah. interesting, you know?
0: Well, most people, just so you know, like I listen to podcasts all the time because I, I right now, I work a full time job. I do a lot of things, but one of the things I do is I work a full-time job. So, and it's not a job that I'm like extremely passionate about. It's, um, I'm kind of doing shipping and receiving, which is fairly easy. Um, but I, I'll listen to podcasts all day and I'll listen to like famous comedians who have podcasts and I'll catch myself laughing out loud at work and, yeah. or I'll listen to like philosophers. I listen to like a lot of Alan Watts and, uh, or um scientists or like there's so many podcasts where people are sharing information and just just outside my box stuff so like that's what most of my listeners are working jobs and they're kind of listening to us talk about skateboarding history which is fucking rad because it's amazing you know to be able to share these stories about skateboarding um
1: have the tool to have this as a tool to like yeah to communicate with people to to express a vision that you have and you know and and uh you're love for skateboarding the people that you want to connect with it's a, yeah it's it's like just the fact that I don't partake in some things doesn't necessarily mean that I don't like appreciate them or uh you know or, or have respect for it you know it's yeah, uh, yeah. I definitely think it's a cool thing that's why we're here talking no <laughs> so. that's why I
0: was super hyped when you said you're down cuz I'm like fuck this is awesome he's down to share and it's like that's what we need right now so all right nice. on my podcast there's no there's no censorship I don't edit anything like unless the Skype cuts out and then like I got to like edit that and clean it up yeah. a little bit but um we're gonna start at the beginning and uh I wanted to ask you what it was like growing up in your home when you were little
1: so that's like I guess any question for me probably has multiple crazy answers because oh, I like that there wasn't necessarily like I was moving my whole life, you know, so since I was a little kid, my parents were pretty crazy. They kept me, they they were going. And so I was obviously going with them, yeah. you know? So, you know, my early childhood is very fragmented and, um, and only bits and pieces are, are, mem are remembered, you know, and, uh, be- because it was so crazy and because I've done so much in between, you know, so, but from the beginning, yeah, it was just, uh, I have these small flashes of memories, you know, I was born in Ohio Ended up going around all the East Coast, around uh, Jersey and Philly and Delaware. Um, and as a youth, before skateboarding, you know, this is just as a as a kid growing up. And uh, and we were just moving, moving, and moving. And um, eventually, my my dad and my mom split up, and uh, that's kind of where we were moving around. And then my dad went to Arizona, and basically my mom and dad got back together, and that's where I, I went to Phoenix and kind of was introduced to skateboarding and and sort of sort of all that, you know. Wow. So
0: so your parents split up and then they came back together,
1: and then split up again. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It's funny, Chad. I totally can relate. Um, cause my my history is similar. Like I had um a broken family uh and same thing i moved to a bunch of different schools and like i traveled back and forth between parents and uh super fragmented like you said yeah, um
1: yeah. I have like you know slight flashes of, of specific memories and stuff and sometimes things will come back as you see certain things and stuff like that you know but it was definitely um uh you know a long crazy road of, of the childhood that uh led to skateboarding, I think. I think that, like, you know, all that craziness and all the stuff that happened during that time, there was, like, nothing solid to, like, really grasp onto or to, like, relate to or anything because I wasn't around a group of specific friends or, like, you know, I was just a new school all the time, a new thing, and so when skateboarding was introduced to me, it was, like, it was something that was, like, solid. It was there, you know, and it was, like, a group of friends that, like, I felt... They weren't going to go anywhere. And, and or I don't know. It was hard. It's hard to explain exactly, you know, but I'm sure as a skateboarder, you understand that, you know, and, and so having all these bad, all this bad stuff and all this crazy things happening, it was the one place where like there was an escape from all that. You know what I mean? It was like, it was like there was no problems in school. There was no problems with the money or what we're going to eat. It was just like, let's skate and just like forget about all that stuff. You know what I mean? And yeah, so
0: that's beautiful. That's fucking beautiful. It was the same for me, man. Same thing. Like, uh violence and drug abuse in my family situation and moving and then when I found skateboarding it was the same exact thing it was just like positive happy people like doing something creative and just like like a solid crew that was my first community as well man that's yep.
1: that it's yep.
0: it's a savior I guess for some people for sure
1: yeah yeah and so that's yeah kind of like I guess it's it might be there's definitely a lot in between that but that's sort of what got you know to headed to skateboarding i guess if, if anything
0: did you did you do well in school with all uh,
1: like, in my earlier years i did good in school like and then like around like i did really good in um uh, well in 7th grade i had a crazy situation cuz i didn't really uh, we used a different friend's um address to go to a different school that was a little bit better and then we didn't have a home phone um, so I basically ended up pretty much not going to school for seventh grade because there were some like problems with the other kids. Like I was there fighting me and then I was like, I'm out of here, you know, and pretty much didn't go to school for seventh grade, went to eighth grade and they somehow just put me in eighth grade without <laughs> even going to seventh grade. I transferred to the new school and I did really well in eighth grade and I was like applied and focused and I, and, and I had a fun time in eighth grade. I remember I enjoyed it. And when I went to high school, um, it's sort of when I started to like you know skaters were different back then you know and so I don't think teachers understood us or knew we didn't even have a label at that point really because there was no skaters really I was like probably the only one at my high school I think there was one other skater um at at, at my high school when I went and um, so I feel that the the teachers for the lack of understanding me made me do bad. They like assumed I was a bad kid cause I had like green hair and like baggy pants and like all this stuff, you know? And like, uh, and so I felt like that, that like they automatically assumed because I was different that I was going to be a bad kid, you know, yeah. and I, that like when I, if I feel like somebody doesn't believe in me, then I'm not going to put energy back into them, you know? And so I felt like the school system sort of pushed me away when I wanted to do good there and, and stuff. And, so I ended up dropping out as a freshman in high school and, oh, um, uh, you know, and, and, and kind of realized like, you know, it's, it's, it's a risk and it's something that it's, it's one of my biggest, I don't really have regrets in life, but one of my regrets that in being older is the lack of education and, and going like, you know, oh man, you know, I, I, I really do wish I would have had a chance to do all those things and go to college and, and study subjects and all that stuff. But had I done that, I would have never been able to do what I did, yeah. you know? So yeah. it's, it's, it's like I said, I don't have regrets, but if I did, I think schooling would be the only one that like, as you know, and, and for me is like, like I said, I had the, in- the true, genuine interest in school. I, I wanted to learn. I have a thirst for knowledge my whole life of, 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 of just, let's find out how does this work? How does this history of this or all these things I'm interested in, in any of that. And so I felt that that system pushed me away, you know? And, and, uh, um, I, I think it's better for kids now. There's a little bit more understanding of people that are different. I don't think that there's like, as much as like, uh, you know, either you're a jock and a good kid or you're like a a stoner bad kid or like something, you know what I mean? There's sort of like this melting pot of, of genres and, and all this stuff, you know, with, with people in general. And, so, and and skateboarding especially, now they see it on TV. They see people, oh, you're rich and famous off skateboarding. And so I think anything, once you can make money at it, then society accepts yeah. it. You, you know what yeah. I'm saying?
0: So, I do love skateboarding for that fact, though. And I, I like to say all the time, skateboarding's for everybody. And, and I think that's how it should be because skateboarding – Like, if it gets pigeonholed into, like, hey, skateboarders are just these types of dudes, like, sports kind of became like that, like, they're all jocks or whatever, then, like, cut all those people out that actually might enjoy the art of skateboarding, whether they're a nerd or they're whoever, or gay, straight, color, whatever, like, it's like, you can't box an art up and then, like, just exclude people, you gotta kinda let everyone use the art, everyone use the expression, it's awesome, dude.
1: Yeah, I kind of look at it almost like music in a way. It's like skateboarding is now like music. There's a lot of different genres of music. You know what I mean? As as there is with skateboarding. You know, like there's like, how do you judge like a, a pool skater versus a, a street skater, or a you know like or a crazy tech manual skater? You know, Rodney Mullen, dark slide, three sixty pressure flip, some crazy shit to like, <laughs> you know. uh kick flip nose one side a ten stair hammer or twenty stair hammer whatever the hell the kids are doing nowadays, you know? Yeah, like it's all it's
0: all expressions of life. That's what I look at it. I'm like a skateboard is just a wooden wheels, right? And then it's our energy we put into it and our expression and how we portray ourselves when we're on that on and off that skateboard that like that's what gives it value, you know? And otherwise it's just wood wheels.
1: But that's always what, what turned me on to skateboarding was that like, you know, uh in, in school and all these different things, like you yeah, you have to come up with the money To have the product, and you need a piece of cement to roll around on and stuff. And but apart from that, it's just it's you and that skateboard. You know what I mean? And and it's like a a a personal challenge of of just you and that board. Like nothing else matters. No coach. No team. No you know nothing. You know like there's and and that's as real as it gets. Like it's like if you don't have that relationship with you and that and your skateboard, and you're riding up to this, this set of stairs or this ramp or or. Or even off a curb whatever it is that your ability is like it, you're gonna get messed up and, and yeah. you know so that's some re- that's a real thing and and that consequence is always there you know and so that's that's cool you know it's cool that like that it's like we take these risks in life and 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 but the 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 sense of accomplishment that you get out of that learning a trick pushing your limits and knowing that you can get hurt but you pulled it off and you came out alive you know it's like it's kind of like a reflection of life a little bit, you know, you're going to go through all these crazy things and scenarios and confront these circumstances and all this stuff. And, and uh, you've got to keep focusing and, and de- be determined and, and make it happen you know and
0: yeah it force adversity will force you to build characteristics like great you know you work hard and you go through some adversity now you're a survivor you know or like i feel like skateboarders are geniuses like the majority like just le- just learning to like manipulate something every day in a fun way or a creative way or however you want to use it just the discipline it takes to even learn how to ollie you know like just that alone is amazing to me and then that's so sick dude um Hold on, I'm going to have a moment real, real quick, chat, if you don't mind. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna call it my fan-out moment. I'm fucking, I can't believe you're on the podcast, dude. Fucking sick. Like, yeah. I, I grew up watching skateboards. I grew up watching all the videos and being super hyped and just like, the musket, dude, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> How do you feel about that? How do you feel about, like, a grown man like me fanning out on you? Does that happen a lot? It must.
1: Oh, man, I mean... It's all a blessing, you know what I mean. Everything that's happened in my life, like you know, it hasn't been a smooth ride by any means, but like you know, all this is is just it's it's amazing, you know. I'm you know I'm never gonna say I'm not tripping on shit like (laughs) I am to this day, like you know. Sometimes I'm still waiting to wake up and be that little kid that was dreaming about all this stuff and like thinking like this might be possible. I might be able to be a skater and you know I might be able to make a living off of it or you know or just be pro, I didn't even think about it making a living, you know, just, like, getting a free skateboard or any of it, so, to, like, with the smallest amount of expectation, uh, to see everything that has happened is just nothing short of just amazing and a miracle, and I'll never, uh, take any of it for granted, you know, it's just, like, it's, and, it's, and it.
0: on top of that, I feel you've inspired a generation of skateboarders, you've definitely inspired me and my friends, you know, so, it's fucking awesome, dude. Thank you. <laughs> oh,
1: Thank you. Thank you, man. Now, much respect for you, too, as well. And, and, you know, and that's like, I'm stoked to see skateboarders do other things, to to pursue other ideas. And, and I've always preached that within skateboarding, you know, and, and to see, like, you know, it's a, like, uh, you know, brother pro skater coming out and want to do something and make something else happen. That's when I'm down to support it. And, and, you know, and that's, that's why we're doing the
0: show, you know? Yeah, dude, and I and I get endless feedback from my listeners, and it trips me out, because I have listeners all over the world, and they send me positive feedback about the podcast, and how cool it is, and how it stokes them out, for, you know, it inspires them, and the guests I have on, and it's like, that fucking trips me out, I'm like, that's so cool, so then I'm like, I gotta get epic people on the show, let's do it, and I'm like, hitting up, hitting you up.
1: <laughs> all right. Do you know Aaron Susky at all? Yeah, like not like super tight, but like yeah, like you know over the years, you know, cross paths a little a couple times and stuff like that. You know, but we never like I, that, that I remember we never really hung like too tight or anything. But obviously, much much respect, you know, and and everything, you know. Uh,
0: I was gonna say you kind of like remind me of him in some ways, your demeanor. So like you guys Kay. definitely, if you run into each other again, say what's up. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna oh. get
1: my 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 Swifty my, my, my grind on the back.
0: Just, just crook it out. All right, yeah. um. All right, we're gonna jump around on the show because we got a lot to talk about. And I'm done. That's my fan out moment right there. I'm done. No, no more for the rest of the show. Okay, I got it all out. All right, back at. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, um, so how did you? Who? How did you get your first board?
1: My first board. I was in. Um, I think I was living in, in um, uh, Levittown, New Jersey at the time, and and uh, my uh, my dad. Sent me out like an old like uh like those crazy ones with like the copers and the wheels that didn't quite roll and shit. Like it wasn't bare flex, but something kind of like that, you know. Just some like generic board, and I got it. And I remember thinking like, "Wow, this thing's cool," you know. I was just like checking it out, and I was like tripping out on it. And um, and I lived in this apartment complex, and I went straight to the back of this semi truck. It was like just the the back of the semi truck was there, and there was a pile of, of carpet next to the, the, the old truck that just. Climb to the top of the truck and just kind of roll off onto the carpet. Like that was like <laughs> one of my like first experiences with the skateboard and all the kids were like, well oh, this dude's crazy, I remember. And I, that's one, that's one of my childhood flashes that I have a memory of, you know? You're, getting you're like skateboard. fucking
0: Bart Simpson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then that like didn't last long. It was only like, you know, maybe I had it for a couple of weeks and either it got stolen or like, I, I don't remember what happened to it necessarily, but it, it was just a quick kind of introduction to it. And then, um, I moved to, oh, I know what happened to is when, uh, when, when my mom and dad got back together, we left, uh, the East coast and went to Arizona. And when we went there, we had left everything behind. We like, basically like pretty abrupt, like get up, you're, you're leaving the situation and come back to, to pops. You know what I mean? I've been there.
0: I've been there. I know the exact situation.
1: Gone. Everything we had had, nothing, just the clothing on our back. And then, you know, got back to Arizona. And then that's when I started getting into BMX, you know, I was really into like BMX bikes and trading BMX parts and, and, you know, working on bikes and switching them all up. And that was like my thing, you know, and, and, uh, we used to ride bikes and there were some skaters in the neighborhood and I used to trip on them. I'd watch them. We'd, we'd build launch ramps and they would be launching and off their boards and I would be doing my, my BMX on it, you know, and, yeah. and, uh, um, and then there was an empty pool in the neighborhood. And so the, the baking house, empty pool and all the kids started lurking at that pool kind of, you know, and I was tripping on the skaters and I was watching them and I was trying to ride my bike in it, but it was kind of tight. So it did, wasn't that good for BMX. Um, and then eventually I was like, Hey, let me try that, you know? And then, so I started uh, carving in a pool. That was pretty much my first like skateboarding was like, mm-hmm. I, I actually, I remember this cause like, I could like, I could carve in a pool pretty good. I think I was even going over the light at that point, Damn. but when but I was skate when i skate down the street, I'd go to a corner, I would still like stop, pick my board up and like go <laughs> off the corner and then like set it back down and roll, you know? So you like You didn't you
0: didn't add you didn't add the carving to the street yet
1: I, 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 to streets. <laughs> so that was a kind of weird thing and then uh and then my bike was stolen uh in that neighborhood and so one of the skaters I think it was this guy Jeremy, I'm not sure exactly who, but I got a board and, and, uh, and that was it. That's, that was like, that's when I got my first real board and I was still skating in the pool. And then they had, uh, some homies that had a lawn tramp out front of the house and they'd skate that. And then there was this, um, uh, like just a, uh, parking lot, you know, like a, a drugstore parking lot or something where like all these, um, these OG Arizona skaters, like these, like this guy, Lonnie and, or, uh, uh, I know Lanny and, uh, Shit, I can't remember their names right now, man. So it's, so it's been so long, you know, but it's this whole like, some of the guys were like part of like the Cowtown crew and all that, like Arizona scene, you know, and like, um I've seen these guys skating and they were good. They were like, you know, I was like, they were coming at just like slappy people grinding the curb full speed and like all this stuff and like, and I guess I don't really remember it much, but I guess some of those guys, I've seen them later and they were like, yeah, I used to walk home from school and would be like, let me try your board. And I'd get on it and just like charge rail slides and like, you know, on the, on the curb and stuff and like, They'd be getting bummed because I was sliding down their graphics, <laughs> and then, so that was kind of like the formative years. And and then um, there were some skate parks that opened up out there. You know, it was Tower Skate Park it was a big park, and um, Thrasherland was another old school one that they had out there for years. And this is all in Arizona stuff. I where uh, did
0: you, where in Arizona? Where you live in what cities? In Phoenix, in Phoenix, Arizona. Damn, I lived in Phoenix too. Yo, Chad, it's so crazy how similar. I I've had similar situations like my father kidnapped us from my mom, uh twice when I was oh, the t- yeah. He actually took us, well, that's pretty, yeah, from Massachusetts to Arizona, and I lived in Phoenix when I was a little kid. That's funny. I lived funny. there for years as a little kid. I didn't skate or anything, but I did get BMX in Arizona. I um, I, mm. I think it was a magenta bike or something. I know Diamondback was like the cool bike, and I always wanted that, but I got like a bike and did the same thing. Like I never did tricks, but I was just dirt jumping and little local races is so fun you, you um yeah did you do the biking did you do any of it seriously or just just no wrap?
1: I was just, just like just uh with the homies and stuff like that mainly you know um yeah like just uh um uh, never got like uh sponsored or anything like that you know it was more like just local I'd get a little crazy on it but I was <laughs> never like I never got too psyched you know what I mean, like. Stand on the, uh, the back, you know what I mean? Stand on the, on the frame, right up, standing up and shit like that. With your one <laughs> foot on the handlebars, one foot on the seat, you know? Kind of that kind of stuff, but like, never got too psyched where I was like...
0: <laughs> did you ever have, uh, did you ever get heat sick in Arizona? Heat exhaustion?
1: Yeah, we got all kinds of, I mean, everything. I used to skate like, I, I mean, just miles and miles in that hot sun, like wearing a black beanie, like, so it was cool to wear a beanie, I was like, ah, oh, skating in the sun with this beanie on and like, you know, um yeah, it was crazy, man. It was uh, uh really cool times though, man. Arizona was a really magical place for skateboarding and I think at that time period too where it was like it had a really cool scene there and there was a uh, the wedge, that place, the wedge where everybody skated at. Um and um uh another place the highlight banks, uh which you know got it was a legal place that place. Uh, and they had like this really steep transition wall, it was like a quarter pipe, like uh kind of like that Berkeley one. It's yeah, like yeah. An- this court. Uh, and we used to skate that. And, um, it was just, uh, and this tower skate park place, which was a really cool skate park that like a lot of pros came through, um, and stuff. And so it was a cool scene. It had, you know, Arizona really had a strong skate scene, you know, when I first started, and then it started to reach that skateboarding and got that weird time period where it like, it all started dying out, you know, and it was like that kind of small pants, big wheels time. And, um, the magazines were shrinking, um, and skateboarding just kind of lost popularity, you know. It was sort of after that whole, like, Hocus Pocus, 8th Street, light video era, like, all that was happening um, and stuff. And then, like, it was like all of a sudden it just kind of was gone. Like, and and there were just no skaters. And I remember just being, like, one of the only skaters for a long time and just, like, searching for somebody to skate with, you know. And I would, like, skate to downtown. i take the bus or skate downtown and just, like, skate by myself every day like and just like if you saw a skater it was like instantly like what what up homie like yeah let's go let's do this and like you know just waiting for somebody to show the tricks you're working on to her like you know something i'd go home and like tell my parents my mom or dad about it you know they'd be like what is he, what's he talking about you know I'd be telling about new tricks or something you know it's like, like a, it was, it's
0: like a different language to them they don't even fucking know
1: <laughs> and but yeah they were always very supportive of my skateboarding and everything but yeah it was just a, um. A weird time in skateboarding, I think, where, like, uh, there wasn't, uh, just wasn't a lot going on at that time.
0: Alright, I got a question. Um, as far as sponsorship go, goes, did you pursue it, or how how did that work out with like getting into
1: that world of skating? Well, then my mom and dad broke up again, and, uh, my mom moved to Vegas. And so she's living in Vegas in this apartment complex, and I'd go and visit her. And in that same apartment complex, there was these skaters. And, like, I used to just, they were older, you know, I was probably like, 13 or something and uh you know they were probably like 18 ish you know 17 18 and they had their own house uh they had their own place and it ended up being this pro skater named paul smith and he was pro for gns and um he was pretty like you know underground if you knew about him you were like oh he was the shit you know like yeah. paul smith especially vegas like you know straight legend out there and um and he lived with this other guy paul morris my friend lonnie rest in peace and um a couple other homies and and uh which is this crazy party house, and I was a little kid, just stare. I would just sit, skate out front of the house. 13. 13? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. <laughs> my t- my time frames are all jacked up and stuff, you know, like because it's been crazy ride. But um, you know, somewhere around that age, and so I would skate flat ground right out front, all crazy, and I would just sit there and stare at the door of the house and just watch them go in and out. Girls would come in, and and they were like, you know, I was like, this is some action going on here. Like I wanted to know what was was happening in there, you know. And after, you know, a few months of just hanging out, finally, somehow one day I ended, I ended up in there. Yeah. And, um, uh, instantly was like the, the little mascot of their friend, you know, That's and I was like a little homie, you know, and I was like ready. I was like, you yeah. know, I, I was ready to do anything. I was like, oh, I party, I do this. I, you know, I was like, I, even if I didn't, I was like saying I was doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, just,
0: like, yeah, absolutely.
1: Whatever <laughs> it was, you know, and, and, uh, and so they, they kind of took me in, you know, and, and eventually my mom moved out of that place. And then I would take the bus back to see them and I think I went back to Arizona and when I came back they had moved. They had mm-hmm. moved too. And my, and my mom and them both moved and so I lost contact with them for a while and was trying to find them and it finally ended up coming back with them again. And so that was like my first friend that was like sponsored and so he got packages from GNS and, and uh, you know, I can't remember who else he skated for but you know, he was. I was seeing free product come to the house, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, look at the Like, look at the stack of boards coming to his house. And he's getting it for free, you know. And I used to just like stare at him, just wit, Like, is he gonna give me one? Like, you know, maybe I'll you one. You know, I get, usually get his old leftover ones or whatever, you know. And and uh, and 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 I was like, you know, then I started just like skating harder and skating harder and skating harder. And 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 Paul was a rail skater, and like he was like. In this old video, like, I don't know if you remember, like, the Long Beach 10 Stair, the fat aluminum rail one. Yep. You know, Smith grinded, lip slid that in fifty fifty that thing, mm. like, 25 years ago now or something, you know. Like, it's about, it has to be, twenty yeah, over 25 years ago, That's you know. And so he, he was skating rails, and I had messed around on rails um, in, like, skate parks and stuff like that. And a few of them in Arizona, like, some smaller ones. But I really was like, whoa, these guys are, like, sliding down these hand railings, you know. And I was like, this is crazy, you know. And, and I was like, I want to do this too, you know. And so I started skating rails with him. And and um, and he's the one that really got me psyched on skating handrails. And then shortly after that, the Plan B video came out and Pat Duffy and all that stuff. And he got me psyched. But Paul was really my first introduction, introduction to, like, the idea of sponsorship even. I To find out it even existed, you know. I didn't even yeah, – yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> from looking at magazines and stuff. But at that time, I was just like, you know, I'm a skater, and they're pros, and there's that's it. Like, there's no – there wasn't even the idea that, like – because there probably was only 10 pro skaters at the time, you know, back then, 20, 30 of them at the most maybe, you know. When I first started, it was just like probably – you go to a skate shop, it was like 10 boards. You had, like, your Gator or your Fred Smith Mini or, like, a Roscoff or a Neil Blender. Like You know, there was literally only – you could name off at least 20 – pros and that was it you yeah,
0: know to today there's so many yeah. for sure you know
1: companies and all this stuff you know and so but that was kind of the first introduction and and um and I was always like I I was always expecting him to do something for me kind of like you know I was like I was like I'm good I know I can skate I'm, I, I want to be pro now I want I want to do this and I, I always thought if I just kept skating around Paul that somebody was gonna notice or something you know yeah and, uh, yeah And, 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 and he started to hook me up and then eventually, uh, linked me up with, uh, GNS. And then GNS shortly after that turned into just and. And It was like, this is a very fast, like, time period, but then it felt like eternity, you know? Yeah. And then and became maple. And, and so that's when maple skateboard started. And so through Paul, I ended up getting on maple pretty much, you know? Do you remember,
0: do you remember this maple board? When I was a little kid and I would, I was like looking through the CCS, which I don't even think CCS is around anymore. Is it, do you know? Uh,
1: yeah, it's still. I I think so. Yeah, I think it's still. Yeah.
0: Well, I was well, I was flipping through the CCS looking for a board that I was super hyped on, and for some reason it was a maple board, and it it was just like one color, and in the middle of the board was just a box, and in the box had flames. It was like it was called the hot box board, and I wanted that one so bad, and there, I don't even know why. I just liked the idea of like. A box with flames in it on a skateboard, and uh, I never got it, dude. Do you remember
1: board? Uh, I don't know if I, I it sounds familiar a little bit, but I can't quite remember that one. I don't know if it stuck with me as hard as it did. <laughs> For,
0: For some like, reason, <laughs> dude, I go back.
1: It doesn't it make stuck. sense why I like it, but I just am down. Stop <laughs> boxing the cars.
0: Yeah. Alright, here's the, here's the, we're gonna move forward, okay, a little bit. Um. Where did it, alright, so I'm trying to, like, the timeline, because when you came into skating, I'm trying to think, it was like Toy Machine. That's when I, I remember you were on Toy Machine. So where do you go from where where we were talking to so where do we go from there as far as like stepping it up in sponsorship or progressing or?
1: Yeah, there was like a, there was like a weird time because like I was just about to get hooked up and like um, Maple was starting to, to to be like, showed a lot of interest in me. And they were like, hey, we got some plans. We want to do some stuff. And then they were like, oh, we're going to send you to, they had sent me to one contest in California that I got to go to. And then there was this next one coming up, and they were like, "Oh, we're going to send you out to this contest, all this stuff." And I was so psyched. And then I actually, the night before I was supposed to go, I broke my ankle, oh, like man. Really, really bad. Like I have, I have metal plate and pins in it still to this what day. What were
0: you doing? What were you doing?
1: Uh, I was this place called Rock Solid. It was this crazy, like Christian skate park in the ghetto, and over in, in Vegas, <laughs> North Vegas. And I was doing a, um, I was just, there was like this vert wall that just like a really mellow transition up to like really tall vert wall. And I was just doing a backside flip, kind of like alley backside flip. Yeah. And I was skating in some crazy ass shoes. I had some like spaldings or something weird. They had like a, a thick sole on them. Yeah. And I, uh, and I landed and it just landed on that corner of the sole and just bent the, the ankle, you know, and so I totally broke it and, and it stopped everything right then, you so know, this, like it was this, like.
0: This is at the beginning of your career, your skate. Just,
1: just about to like start to happen. And wow. then so I completely break the ankle and I have to get surgery and all this stuff. And, and then it's kind of like radio silence from the companies. Like, you know, like it, was like, like it was like, you know, because I hadn't really done much. They just saw some interest. But once my ankle was broke, it was like, okay, call us when you're better, basically, you know. Okay. And, and so it started getting better, and uh, I was still living in Vegas. I was with my mom in a trailer park in the outskirts of North Vegas, and I was working this crazy construction job with my mom's boyfriend um, in the middle of the desert where we made these big cement containers and I was just like, "Fuck this, man!" Like, and I was, and then I got busted for graffiti for my third time. Um, and I had all this like community service. And I was like living in this trailer park with my mom, and like she had just had another kid, and, and my sister Savannah was just being born. And I just was like, "I gotta go." I was just like, "I don't know what there is out there, but there's something more out there, and it's not this, you know." And and I just knew it. And I was gone. I knew these two girls were going to San Diego. And I pretty much had like, you know, my backpack and like, I don't know how much money, but it wasn't a lot, you know. And basically, I was like, take me to they're going to San Diego. I was like, drop me off on Mission Beach. I go, I met one skater there before. This my homie Mikey that worked at um, Hamill's, the skate shop right there. And I was like, I don't care, just take me. And they dropped me off, and it was like a couple, about two and a half years of being homeless on the beach and uh, skating. There was like this crew of homies that are graffiti artists called the AF crew and some of the TV crew out there in San Diego. And I linked up with those guys and um and basically, uh, they sort of took me in. I kept skating, kept skating and uh, that's, Maple Steel was kind of like, you know, they they were hooking me up, but it wasn't anything really. You know, it was like you know boards. And I could sell a board here and there to get food and stuff. Was well,
0: it's, uh, it's like how they hook someone up that had a home? Like you didn't have a home, right? So, yeah. so yeah. Not, they're not like, really hooking you up. Like if you had a roof over your, that's my look at it too. It's like if you had a family and you were living at home, they could just send you products. You know, and it's like, yeah. But if you don't have a home, it's like it's really your survival at some point.
1: Yeah, and I love those guys, man, for giving me the opportunity and, and, and for all that, you know, uh, I can't remember all the guys' names, The Steve, the one homie Steve worked at the sh- at, at, Maple, and, uh, it's been so long, man, so much stuff, you know, but anyway, that was going, and, um, and it was hectic, you know, it was like, I was like, I was almost ready to give up, cause I had been out there for like two and a half years or three years of just being homeless and, and just sleeping wherever I can sleep and, and just, uh, Eating, how I can eat, and doing whatever. But then that, my my ankle was still messed up, so when I got dropped off in in, in on the beach, I had I was on a cane still, and I, and uh, I still couldn't skate. And so I was just kind of a graffiti lurker dude that was like on the beach, kind of, and linking up with those kind of with that kind of crew. But they all skated too; they were all skaters too, you know. And um um, but then it started getting better. Started getting better. And basically, then my one friend from Arizona. Moved out and got a house in Hillcrest, San Diego. It's like on the outskirts of downtown, and it was like a skate house where like 20 dudes lived in this like small little studio, and like the floor was literally like no move room to move at night because that was the only place to sleep. Everybody's on the floor, you know, and so
0: that's better than I guess that's better than outside though for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't bad. It was fun. (laughs) Although, where were you? Right, where are you?
0: By the beach though
1: the beach was cool when being homeless, but then we were in Hillcrest, so it was a little bit, you know, you were sort of trapped in this like little zone, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, and um, it, it was crazy, you know, but then somehow Josh Kalis started coming by the house at that point. And like Josh had knew, known one of the other guys or something, but somehow Josh started coming by the, the house. And that's right around the time when Josh got on Toy Machine. um, And, and, you know, Jamie Thomas and Josh were hanging out. And somehow Jamie Thomas and I wasn't there, but uh, I had the spot this not spot the tape, but just the video footage that we had been filming. Um, it was—it was, it was going to be for Maple, the, I think, the rites of passage or something. I can't remember the name of the video, but uh, it was a uh, Maple video. And um, uh, I was, some of my collect, footage was collected on a VHS tape. And somehow he came in there and saw it and was like, "Hey, who is this? Who is this dude?" And they were, "Oh, it's this guy chat blah blah blah." And, Somehow, somehow we ended up linking through that scenario somehow. And, um. And this is, and, is this right when Toy Machine was forming? Well, Toy Machine had been around for a while, but it's right when I think Jamie had got on a little bit after, because I think it exists, it was something before, I can't remember, my, my yeah. was a little messed up, so you might want to Google some of the shit. Oh, okay. Ed yeah. on, I'll get Ed on the podcast. Yeah, get Ed, get Ed on there, we gotta get <laughs> the next podcast to come, reconfirm some of it. He was sober the whole time, I don't know if I was. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but
0: yeah what's uh, your poison
1: what's your poison oh man that's a whole nother conversation <laughs> but but uh but yeah um uh, you know uh it was you know it was it was interesting times you know to say the least but i i had seen i remember i had seen jamie before i would even come out and i was stoked on him because i was like there was something different about that time when he was just coming out i was like when i, I noticed him something was different about him you know and i was like this guy's like crazy. Like he's like jumping off rooftops and like, he was like, he was, it was before his handrail stuff. He was kind of like this rooftop guy or something. I can't remember. I just remember like bleached blonde, weird hair and like just seeing him and being like, this dude's pretty crazy. He seems cool. And then I I met him, you know, and I was like, oh shit, that's the guy I'd seen in videos or something. And, um, and I instantly noticed how he was doing it. I was like, well, he like calls up a photographer and they come and meet him and they shoot with them. And, I was like that's cool like you know I'd never seen any of this stuff you like know like
0: professionalism I guess like calling up yeah, like yes. you know? yeah just
1: seeing it you know and and uh I was like wow that's pretty amazing and 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 what I saw there at that time was an opportunity like it's like this is the guy from the magazine you know and and so I was like if 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 I'm with this guy I'm going to fucking I'm going to bust you know what I mean like I'm going to try to break it off and and so like with Jamie bringing those guys around with like Swift and Skin and 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 those photographers and and dan stewart and uh, all these people i was like wow like you know i'm gonna if these guys are here i'm gonna give it my all i'm gonna try to break it off i was trying to break it off no matter what that time just to do it anyway and um but i was like psyched to see that you know and 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 then and then jamie sort of just took me in you know he was kind of like you know hey let's let's go here let's do this let's go let's go to that and I was just like he had a car. I didn't have a car, and I was like, someone's gonna drive out to these skate spots and do this stuff. I was just like psyched, you know.
0: Yeah, you and, get to go along for the ride, dude. That's awesome. Yeah. And just, so to, we sorry to cut you off, but I used to kick it with some rollerbladers because they had a car, so they would drive me around, and we would get to go to skate parks. And I was like, fuck yeah, it's a ride, and these dudes are down. So <laughs>
1: get there. Getting there is half the battle, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: So you're rolling around with Jamie, and you shoot with all these dudes, so that that's kind of like the where you're getting recognized more.
1: Maybe not yet, you know, it was like starting, you know, something was starting to happen. And 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 then Jamie, I think pretty much just asked me, like, what do you think about, you know, being on Toy Machine? And I was just like, oh, my God, like, you know, I'm ready, you know, like because I, I love Maple and I love what we were creating. But like I saw what he was doing. And I saw the passion that he was putting into into this as a company, into 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 capturing these moments to everything. And I was like, this dude. That's what I want to do. Like you know, he was doing exactly what I was like. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna I'm gonna be part of these companies. I'm gonna like be focused, film this footage. You know, help lay out the video. Like you know, all that stuff was like I was interested in that idea at that time too. You know, and so he he was just like he was in there doing it, and I was like, yeah, like this is a perfect combination. And and I was like, let's let's make let's do it. You know, and and so I was just like so psyched on that opportunity, and I felt like that was like. My first real introduction to like, okay, here's an opportunity, here's something that you can actually do, you know? And, yeah. and uh, you know, cause Ed, I grew up watching Ed's videos from like the useless wooden toys, you know, all that, all that stuff and New Deal videos and TV, the to, to toy machine and all that. So like, you know, I, I'd been a fan of Ed for years and I was, I was uh, interested in what Jamie was doing at the time too. Um, so. how it was cool.
0: How long did that go for? How long did you ride for Toy Machine?
1: I mean, my time frame was so bad, man, I don't even know, you know, it was, it was at least a couple of years, I think, right, I, I I don't know, something like that, I can't remember, to be honest with you, but... Uh, do you remember
0: uh, Do you remember filming your first, like, legit video part, like, focusing and being like, yeah, this is going to be in a video, not, because you said before you just kind of had footage and you weren't really, like, filming a video part?
1: Yeah, I think the, the first time I actually thought about it was a toy machine video, for sure, because before it was just, like... Oh, I'm going to go skate and we're filming it, you know, and, and I knew it was going to be in a video or something, but I never thought to analyze it like, oh, like this is a video part and how, what's the intro going to be? And you know, Jamie was really, you know, methodical about all that stuff and, and sort of like opened my eyes to it. Like, oh, this is like something. It's like painting a picture or something, you know, it's like you're going to, it's, it's the way you choose the colors or the choose the the placement of your, 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 your part or, you know, the song that goes with it. And, and I saw that that was an expression of like, you as a person, and, and like, I, 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 can't remember, like, I think Uno had already came out, like the Uno video, like, before that, I don't know, I see, like, I don't remember, <laughs> I don't remember which came first, man, but, like, you know, I was just focused on doing, you know, that, that did, the whole time.
0: How did, that's awesome, I like that, cause someone's gotta create, you know what I mean? Like, if, if you, you, you gotta have like, you got to have help. There's got to be people doing different jobs and someone's got to be the creator. So it seems like you're into art and creating and building hype, dude. Um, do you, do you remember? Well, I got two questions. One, we'll start with this one. Do you remember, did you feel a difference when like, do you remember the exact moment when you were like, whoa, skateboarding is massive. Cause there's like some of the demos you guys did and like the seas of kids and all the traveling and stuff. Like, cause you said skateboarding was so small, like back, back in the day. So, do you remember feeling the tide turning or where that came from? Yeah,
1: sure. I think, like, as my career was growing in skateboarding, the industry and on in, in, in a whole was growing, too, with it. So it was, like, it was kind of simu- simultaneously going at the same time where we were, like, uh, you know, it, I was watching it happen. I was seeing skateboarding expanding. I was, like, and I was felt like I was a part of helping encourage it and go out on these tours and all this stuff. But I really remember, like, the first Toy Machine tour I went on, I was kind of making weird noise.
0: Oh, we're still good though.
1: Okay, okay we're good. Yep. Uh, Feeding back a little exactly. bit, I don't know. Um, but if sounds good, you're in. We're good. Um, yeah, uh, they, uh, you know, we, we went on this like three month tour and it was like a toy machine and foundation tour together because they were both under Tom Yedo, you know, and, um, so we went on this. I was on tour for three months and I was a mess. I was a crazy kid. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and then these guys, like, oh, who's this new guy over here? And like, Drinking 40s in the back of the van and, you know, passing out and talking shit and having some fun. You're young. (laughs) The kid that I was, you know, like that's just all I knew growing up, you know, and, and, uh, um, and so like it was definitely met with like some, you know, resistance, I think to some of the older pros and stuff with like Heath and, and, uh, Josh Beagle and, and, and Paul Sharp and all those guys kind of like, who is this dude in the back of the van like coming out of nowhere talking shit and raging and like, <laughs> you know, I was just, I was on the time, I was like, I'm in heaven, you know, I'm on tour, being driven across America, like for free, going to these places, skateboarding, you know, meeting these people. I was like, man, this is, I'm, I'm nobody's killing my high at that point. You know what I mean? I'm like, Stop like I'm doing it. I'm, I did it, you know. Fast forward till now, I'm like, you want me to jump in the back of a van with all these skaters and <laughs> America? Like, what like what are you talking about like you know <laughs> sometimes after a while you know it's still fun the best thing ever like don't get me wrong but you know at that time that was like I, there was no difference for me being on a yacht in the middle of the mediterranean like you know what i mean like that was equivalent at, for me at that time you know what i'm saying i'm like I'm over here with these pro skaters in this van in Arkansas. I was like, hell yeah. Like, I was I was, like, I was hyped, you know?
0: It's literally your dream, dude. I was the same way. It's like, yeah. this is what I fell in love with, and this is what I dreamed about. And then you're actually in your fucking dream, and it's happening. And you're like, this is crazy. It's like, <laughs>
1: Yeah, and so nobody was going to take that away from me. I don't care what they said at that point. I was just – I was living the highlight in the back of that van and I was always – in the back, first one probably passed out, like, you know, like, you know, and, and, uh, I, I loved it, man. Those were the formative years, but it was basically like I took off on a three month tour and, and I, and I don't think anybody knew who I was or anything, you know, but I went to every town and lived life to the fullest when I went to that town. And that included skating my ass off with a demo, finding as many street spots and then What's up with the scene? What's up homies? What's going down ladies? What's up everybody? Let's go. Like take me out. Like let me find out how do you guys live here? What's, I want to experience life like you guys experience it, you know? And so I always had that, I want to experience everything as much as I can while I was there. And so that, that like it was this three month tour of just nonstop partying with the locals, skating as hard as I can, you know, navigating cross country, all that stuff. And, and then. I got back from this crazy mission. It was just like, I can't even remember exactly how many places we went to or how it even ended, but I remember when I got back, it was like, it was like shit was starting to happen, you know, and I realized like there's something going on here as far as like me being able to be a part of skateboarding, to be able to like be a voice, to be able to try to create products. To, you know, all this stuff that I saw, I saw it on that tour, I saw the kids, the interaction, I saw how the companies were doing it, I saw how the magazine was capturing these moments, I saw how the videos were filming it and creating videos, like all these things were happening, and it just excited me, and it just, it just was like, okay, let's go, let's do this, and like, everything I would do in life, I want to put everything I have myself into these projects, into this passion, and skateboarding, creating, designing, all these things, you know, and so that was really the light switch when I got back from that tour. I was like, okay, it's on. Like, this is my life, and this is why I'm here, and this is what I'm going to do. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. That was it. That was it, you know. Like, That's i, stop. <laughs> I <haven't stopped. laughs> um,
0: Two things. All right. One is I have a skateboard brand. It's called All I Need, and I think you could understand it. <laughs> you just described it to me. <laughs> so I was like, um, and then the second was how how did you – you said you – in school, were you good at art?
1: Um, I did stuff. Like, I, I don't even remember doing it, but I had, like, things my parents busted out. Like, and I was – it's so funny because it's the same stuff. Like, I had this book that I made when I was in, like, third, fourth grade or something. And it was, like, all these drawing pictures of Ghetto Blasters. And, like, it was, like, <laughs> all, like it's something about MTV and all this skateboarding and weird stuff. I don't think I even skated yet, and I was talking about skating in it. and uh, But, no, like, I, not really because – in. I I did all the things, like, I probably wasn't supposed to do. In shop class, I was, like – car. I actually have some of the things here still. Like, I was, like, carving – I made a New Deal sign because I was hyped on Ed Templeton. Like, we were supposed to make a clock with the routering and all that stuff, but I'm, like, routering out, like, company logos (laughs) and, like, you know, making weird things or whatever it was, like, skateboards out of things or, like uh – clay skateboards, or I made a Bart Simpson skateboarding guy, like, out of the clay or, you know, the ceramic, or whatever he used to make in school. They're like,
0: they're like, Chad, you're supposed to make a birdhouse. You got yeah. a damn skateboard symbol. <laughs> uh,
1: so, 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 like, school never gave me the opportunity to express any of my creativity, I don't think, besides on my own, you know, it, it was like, it was less expressive, I think, at that time, you know, Um and uh so... I just yeah, it wasn't something I explored necessarily then, you know, it, and it was more towards like uh, just skate. My life was skateboarding at that time, you know, and 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 then graffiti came in as 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 you know part of skateboarding through my youth and stuff, and even that at that time it wasn't even art to me. I thought like art was like something that like art students. Did or something that like wasn't necessarily for me as much and like
0: like it was uh, that atta- like it was that attainable you could just do it with, like graffiti you know <laughs>
1: like well I thought that like I didn't I just thought graffiti was graffiti and art was art like I, I I made a big separation between those two things where now I realize that all of it's art you know skateboarding is art dressing is art like designing all all these things you're making videos photography it's all expression you know it's a form of expression and um uh. So it, it took me, you know, I had to get older to figure those things out and understand that more, you know. And, and so uh skateboarding was always the, the forefront of everything in my life as a youth, you know. And that's all that mattered. And then especially as the industry opened up and I had the ability to be part of this lonely artistic expression was through the skateboard graphics or T-shirt graphics or advertisement layouts and stuff like that, you know.
0: I want to ask you a little bit about Pro Boards, because you had one that was, like, so iconic, and, like, and i seen people on your Instagram asking if you knew where they could get them, and it was the, the Muska board, dude, with, like, the silhouette yeah. and everything. Was that, the that had to have been your most popular one?
1: That probably, yeah, yeah. That one, that was, yeah, that was the most iconic, for sure. Like, they still, the Chattelac muscalade, that one was a little bit of hype, <laughs> that one for a minute. Uh, <laughs> and then the Hasoi the Tribute one kind of got, with the Rising Sun, that was pretty hype, but, the, but... Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, the silhouette, I guess we called it, the silhouette board. Alright, uh, so, um, how,
0: how do we end up on shorties, or how does shorties take form?
1: So, it's been a story that's been told a lot of times. The, the Toy Machine premiere incident got crazy. Me and Ed got in a little, uh, uh, the video never showed up at the premiere, basically. Dang. And, um, uh, I, I was getting faded. I was celebrating. I was so hyped. That the video's coming my part. I've been working on it you know um and then the video didn't export they were finishing the final touches on it and then something was destroyed in the export and they just couldn't get the video that night and so hundreds of people showed up and they're all there for the toy machine video and the video never shows up and i'm just livid because i did my part and i'm faded at the same time (laughs) so so jokes on you though that wasn't good and you know and I, you know, I, I was frustrated. I didn't know what to do. So I, I went off on Ed. I went off on everybody probably that night. And, um, uh, you know, it led to the, the to me and Song Machine separating ways. And, um, uh, you know, and at, at the time it was really, it was hard, you know, cause I had, I, it, it, I had so much love for that company and, and put so much passion into some, so much stuff. And, but I think what was happening at that time was you had Ed, you had Jamie and you had me. We all, had visions, you know, and we were all very not controlling, but passionate people about what it is we were gonna do. And yeah. so at that point we all had tunnel vision of what it was we wanted to do and nothing was going to get in the way of it. And with one company, I think, and that was Ed's company. Toy Machine is and always will be Ed's company, you know? Yeah. And so yeah. I think it just reached that we didn't realize at the time, but I think we all reached that time where it was time for Jamie it was time for him to move on and do his thing. And it was time for me to move on and do my thing, you know, because we had a vision and we we knew what we wanted to do. And
0: Yeah, after, like you both all three of you like you all had your own individual ideas of what you wanted to do and everything. So it either have to be a big meshing of everything together or you could all go off on your own.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it worked really good at one point for us all to be together and push each other and had that drive, you know, to like just be psyched and and, and uh feed off of each other's motivation to, to push each other, skateboarding, you know, all these things, and so it was amazing, amazing time, and, like, I love those guys, man, to death, like, you know, Ed and Jamie, you know, will always, like, be such good friends from from that experience, you know, and it's funny, because in skateboarding, a lot of people are like, you know, oh, Chad and Jamie were, like, enemies or something, like, you know, you either had to, like, Hesh or Fresh or something, like, you either had to pick Jamie or Chad, like, it was, like, kind of, for a while, it was kind of a thing, at least, I I felt it. We as being friends together, we felt it a lot. Kind of, it was like, oh, either. Oh, I'm either, sure
0: there was, dude.
1: <laughs> for sure. the kind of thing? You know, and so it was funny. So, you know, it, it, and 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 it did, it was a little frustrating through the way that all that happened and stuff, and us all being young and trying to solidify our mark and skateboarding and stuff. You know, and so it was an interesting time. But you know, like I said, that like those guys will be friends for for life. And so and does so-
0: that is that like when you went off with shorties?
1: So then it was, like, okay, it was done, and I was, like, oh, shit, like, what the hell am I going to do? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, like, great. Like, is it over? You know? Like, it was, like, was that was that it? You know? Like, and like I mean, when you
0: got one party at a premiere where yeah. the video didn't show up. <laughs>
1: that would suck.
0: I'm glad it wasn't over.
1: Yeah. And then uh I was hanging out with Tom Penny a lot at that time. You know? We were, yeah. like, at the time we kind of, like, crossed paths and, like, just really clicked as friends, you know? And, and um... Um, and love skating with each other and push each other. And he kind of, we had different styles of skateboarding that sort of like, you know, he made me want to try to flip my board downstairs. I made him want to try to grind the rails, you know, like we kind of balanced it off. And we just really had fun skating at the time, you know? And so I I was like, they were like, do you want to ride for flip? And I was like, oh my God, like, that'd be amazing. Like, you know, like I was always had so much respect for that team. And I, and I thought it was, like, crazy that they were going to ask an American to ride for Flip, you know? Like, at that time, I don't know if there's a, Americans that ride for it now or not. Maybe there is, but, yeah, I don't know. But I think at that time, I don't think there was any Americans on it, so, I was, like...
0: It's because it, it started It started as uh, from over there. Where Where is it from, do you know?
1: So UK, somewhere based, I think. Yeah, it, so it
0: started over there, so for them to have an American on was... Yeah, they built it from a whole other country, basically, huh? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah,
1: so I thought that was... Cool, kind of a cool idea. Oh shit. Am I losing you?
0: No, I'm still here.
1: Okay, cool, cool. It was like, it was glitching a little bit, but uh. I'm gonna, yeah. start, I'm gonna have a
0: little bit of a fan-out moment. Tom Penny and you together would be the most epic session. That would be a childhood dream come true for oh, me, dude. Awesome. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it,
1: was childhood, it was a childhood dream for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> looking back, I mean, those are like, yeah, Tom is still like one of my all-time favorite. People in the world, you know, and is he, and, uh, is he in the states or is he overseas? Um, uh, he's you know he's all over the place. Sometimes I don't really know, but from last you know between uh, Copenhagen and uh, Barcelona, he's kind of back and forth between the two. Um, you know, and he's just such an amazing person and like one of the most talented skateboarders in the world that should be like a multi-millionaire from what from what he's introduced and done for skateboarding. Yeah. You know, and and he just doesn't care really you know and and it's like it's so like admirable in a way to see somebody have that much talent and not care about capitalizing off of it you know like just the simplest of things you know give him give him some chips and give him some some shelter and some place to skate and like you know he's he's cool he's good to go you know and like he's always been kind of like that you know and and it it, is it's crazy you know because i just know like what that guy did for the progression of skateboarding. When you look at it now, and you try to tell these kids and talk about it, and have them watch some videos or something, and and be like, what? Like, you, you can't. They can't tell. Like, you yeah. have to. You had to be there during that time period of skateboarding to see the level, the notch that he just skipped. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like skateboarding was down here, and he just came in up here, and people were just like, whoa. Like, what are we? His style is a little weird. Like, they had to find something to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's yeah, like, I
0: feel like, because I grew up I like, a big oh, fan, so same with Tom Penny, dude. Like, i I seen that moment. I see the vi- – you can see it in the videos, like, his level and the energy and the hype. And, like, it's – yeah, he definitely had an impact on skateboarding for sure. Um, All right. All right. Um,
1: yeah, so, basically, that – to go backwards kind of with the whole – to shorties, basically, you know, was – that was gonna go on, and I think I, I was on flip. I think for a couple weeks, like, and I, but it was nothing, nothing. Deal signed, nothing. You know, just like, hey, let's do this, you know. And then Tony from Shorties hit me up and was like, um, hey, I really want to meet with you. I, I want to start Shorty skateboards. And I'd always been stoked on Shorties because of the marketing, and I just thought they were really genius in the way that they approached everything, and, and uh, from the design of the product to you know, a lot of thought put into what they did. And, and I had already respected them a lot at that point. And I was like, you know, I'll, I'll take a meeting with them, if anything, you know, and, and went, they, he was like, next, he's like, come to Santa Barbara next day. I was in San Diego and so they flew me to Santa Barbara from San Diego, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Like, you know, I would probably never fly in that this <laughs> point. And I remember I was scared as hell. I was like, I thought I was going to die because it's like one of those like airplane planes, you know? Yeah, the little ones. I'm like, I'm like great, I think it's me, I'm going to die from going to see this stupid deal. You know, they meeting. couldn't send you a fucking Uber if it was nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> and so basically, uh met with them and he was just so hyped about the idea of doing shorty skateboards and they offered me a amount of money at that time that was just like, I just couldn't even believe it, you know what I mean? I was like, I'm going to get paid that amount of money, you know, for skateboarding. Yeah. Dude, and, what I love, what the fuck? <laughs> and so like, it, it just was an offer that I couldn't pass up, you know, and, and plus the opportunity to completely build a new team, to do all the things that I that I saw in my head when I was working with Jamie and saw what he was doing. I was like, okay, this is what I want to do. And I wouldn't have had that opportunity at flip, you know, I would have just been another rider and, um, and and you know obviously no disrespect to, to to them you know I love Flip I love the whole squad all those guys Ian
0: but it's and, not your own deal it's not your own deal it's just your coming into a crew basically
1: it's nothing that I'm saying like oh I got took shorties over Flip or something you know it's like it was just the, the opportunity that was there was really cool at that time you know and and so took it and then it was just like that's where it just it really things really took off at that point you know and and we were just such a tight squad of homies at that time with Brandon Turner and Peter Smolik, and Steve Olson and, and tone. I mean, and, and, and the whole, the whole crew, you know, Jesse and Sammy and Aaron. And I mean, uh, everybody was just, uh, it was such a fun time, you know? And it was like, we, we didn't think about what we were doing. We were just doing it, you know? And, and, and we loved what we were doing. And, and like, it was just a magical time in skateboarding and a magical time, I think for us in general. And, uh, um, you know, it was just, uh, yeah, uh, amazing, amazing, amazing times, you know? That, yeah, that made- was,
0: that was a big moment in skateboarding, and that was, like, one I lived through and watched, because, you know, on the East Coast, man, I've been living here for a long time, we got the Brutal Winters, so, like, we just get magazines and videos and, like, watch what you guys are doing, you know what I mean? And we're like, so I can't wait to thaw out and get the fuck back out in the streets, you yeah. know? But Shorty's fucking took over the industry for sure, man. That fucking is amazing. Yeah.
1: So, Crazy, crazy times. Can't believe it happened.
0: <laughs> um, now, I want to kind of get a little bit into the art more. Like, what what are you doing nowadays? Because I watched a video where you, you set up a whole art show, and it seems like you're doing a lot of cool stuff, you, or you're having, like, a lot of really rad opportunities with your art as well.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's weird because I had a, um, an injury in skateboarding where I, I tore my ACL really bad, and my MC, my MCL, my ACL, and uh, my DSL. No, <laughs> Any, all of them. <laughs> or all SLs. Uh But uh um so that, like, you know, it really affected me as a person, like, bad. Like, it took a lot out of my my soul, my being, you know, of, like, being such an independent person and all that stuff to, like, having that month in bed and, like, getting it back and, and then going through the recovery process and all that stuff. It, it took a lot out of me, and I was freaking out. I was like, what the hell? Like, and I couldn't skate, you know? And so, like, that sort of, like, and I was in New York City at the time, and um, uh, a lot of my friends were doing, like, different art projects and uh, doing some street stuff at the time and putting, you know, some murals up and street pasting and, and that kind of stuff. And I was freaking out. I didn't know what else to do, and I was, like, started kind of painting with my homie Harif um, in, in New York. And uh, what's up? Harif Guzman. Hakula. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. But, uh, you know, I, that's one of my best friends. And I've met him before in New York, man. That's awesome. <laughs> that's the homie, man. And, uh, and so, you know, he was really the one that was kind of like, you know, he was doing it. And it was like, I started just messing around with him and I was like, Oh, this is kind of fun. It's like, you know, it's a release. It's something that like, it's like skateboarding, you know, it's like you have all this energy and all this, these ideas and all this frustration and then you put it out through your skateboard, you know? And so I couldn't do that. And, and that was the longest I had gone, you know, since I started, I think, without being able to skate, um, from these injuries. And, uh, from that knee injury. And, was, um, so, I'm sorry
0: to slow the motion, but what, what was the knee injury? What were you doing? Skating? Yeah, you
1: know, it's, yeah. You know it's, it's that thing that Rick McCrank kicked off of. It's like a big bent beam, like a metal beam. And you gotta go haul ass and wrap the skinny thing.
0: It was in Idikmati. It was in the video. They Ardo yeah. did a crook up it, I think. And yeah. yeah.
1: So that one, uh, La Défense in France. Yes. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, so that spot, this one homie was skating it and doing this nollie, big spin off of it. And I already skated a little bit, and I wasn't really feeling that thing. I wasn't like we had just gotten Paris that day, and uh, me and uh, Lizard were skating around, and we were getting really fired up, and I was hyped, and I was like, I just wasn't ready to take it to that thing. But this one homie was skating it, and he was doing this gnarly big spin off it, and he was just like trying it so many times, and he was like landing on it, and it just he was going kind of slow by the time he got up to the top. <laughs> he was catching it perfect every time, and just landing and like exploding, you know what I mean? Because he didn't quite have that momentum to keep it going. Yeah. Somehow, and for some reason, I was like, oh, I better just—I'm gonna try to skate with them and keep them hyped up, you know. And I started doing a finger flip off the stupid thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> move in the world, you know. And like, <laughs> like and I did one and I landed and I kind of like put my hand down and kind of sketchy rode away. And I was like, let me do another one, you know. And I basically went to grab it and I just—I didn't grab the boards when I went to do the finger flip, and so the board just shot out. And I and I just went to land, and it's one of those ones where you think you're going to hit the ground one second before you do. Ooh. And I just tensed up and then relaxed.
0: Oh, and, man.
1: And it just hit when I relaxed, you know. And so my knee just went inside out, bit, bit backwards, basically. Yeah. Uh, it was a bad one. The ambulance took me away and everything because of my, you know, it was like me.
0: Went <laughs> he was trying to show me the opposite yeah. way. <laughs> God. I know, I know. I did I did my ACL when I was younger. It fucking sucked, dude. Yours sounds way brutal though.
1: <laughs> so it was it was bad, you know, and, and had to go through all the physical therapy to get the surgery and all that stuff and so that really took a lot lot out of me, you know, and, and um that's when the art started trying to really kinda of really came back into my life and, and um and started to like, you know, apply some of the old graffiti stuff that I was doing and it was nothing. It was just like a if anything, it was just a, a, like a release, like I said, you know, and then that sort of led to me going like, oh, well, I can do some of this stuff for skateboard graphics or for t-shirts. And so I started to apply lot more to the products. And I'd always been involved with the creative process, but uh, a lot of my earlier graphics, I wasn't actually doing some of the, some of them I did, but most of it was just working with graphic designers and stuff like that to get the finalized product. Um, but then I started to really apply some of this and, and that was more of a, a graphic design element almost where I was like a graphic design designer that was applying some of that imagery to canvas, yep. some of these kind of like, you know, silkscreen imagery and, um, different mixed media stuff like that. And, and it was fun and it, it was sort of, it was a progression just like anything I try to do. I don't stay within one thing and get comfortable and only do that. Like I'll try to figure out what different processes or how can I utilize them and all that. And it just kept going and kept going. And, um, And then it started to get some interest, I guess, you know, and people saw it and they were like, Oh, this is cool. Or, you know, and, and, uh, I was, I was stoked because a lot of these people that were finding out about it and stuff were like, had no idea about like what I did as a skateboarder and stuff like that. It was just through the art community. They were starting to take notice and, and, and liked it. And I was like, I thought it was so cool to like be able to do something else besides skateboarding as well too. And and to have somebody be stoked on it, you know? And, yeah and, uh and so that was it, it, that's sort of what kind of kept kept that going you know, and since then it's just snowballed and and uh continued and continued and and uh crossed paths with some amazing artists and some different galleries and all this different stuff that like allow, allowed me to do some of this and put it out there and and uh it's cool man i i, I love it you know and and uh I love creation i like I like to, to think of an idea in my head and manifest it into reality. And that's what I've always done, whether it's a trick on a skateboard or or a graphic that you're designing or or whatever it is, you know, There's a Harley going on in the background. I don't know if it's too might hear it. It's a, good, no, it's- I'm done. a little rumble, but yeah, it might not be too bad. But yeah, um so yeah, you know, it was just uh uh there you go. That's that's getting loud or not. But but yeah, so like yeah, it's just um just amazing, you know, to, to be able to do these things and just to continue, continue to create and, and have fun doing it. And, you know, just like anything, if you do one thing, um, you'll have criticism, you know, it's like, oh, like, the skater wants to be an artist now or something. And, and it's a lot of people, I hear that about a lot of skaters that do art and they're like, oh, like, he just thinks he's an artist now or he's going to do this. And it's like, you know, there's a reason why so many skateboarders become artists. It's because we all are artists already. And, and this is, ex- this is like performance art on a skateboard, you know, it's like everybody does their movements and their motions, the way that they hold their hands, the way that they, you know, crouch down, the way that they land, you know, everybody does it in their own specific way, and so, like, you know, skaters are crazy, we're we're all artists, you know. Yeah, because
0: it's literally like um, a ball of clay, that's like how you look at a skateboard, you know, it's wooden wheels, so you take the clay and you just start, Applying your energy to it, or you're applying whatever you're feeling. Like I like how you were saying that earlier, because I was the same way when I was younger. I put like a lot of my frustration and anger into my skating. You could tell, like some days I'd go out and just like almost be on the edge of tears, like. And it wasn't even because of skating; it was just because life, you know. And it's just like, but I needed to skate. It was like the outlet, the way to express myself. Like, so I love that. That's like what it is, you know. It's just it's your muse, I guess. I guess that's what they call it. Your muse. (laughs) Are you
1: where are you right now again? I'm in Los Angeles right now. Yeah, like in Hollywood Hills area. Like Are you in of, a studio? I'm in my. This is my garage studio, temporary space. Like, um, uh, have my artwork in here. I had a big building where I was doing these like sculptures and different stuff like that, and then the building sold, and so now I'm working uh, uh, out of my garage. It's actually kind of hot in here right now. Sweat so <laughs> my, uh,
0: it's, um, it's I'm I'm in I'm outside Boston and it's like okay. humid. It's humid here too. I'm sticky. Um, who's that? Who's that in the background? On the on the wall.
1: Uh, that's one of the old street ones I used to paste up a lot. That's an image of Kate Moss. Oh,
0: that's um,
1: sick! That that would still screen onto um uh, paper and then do this little message with it. Uh, Rich girls will break your heart, poor girls will take your money. That was like. <laughs> kind of fun, but that is some stuff, yeah. I just thought we can move around. Yeah, show me, show me. It looks
0: sick. What's that thing right there on the box?
1: Uh, let me see what's back here. I can't even really see what you're seeing. Just some different stuff. This is like a big piece of uh old wood that I found that, that, I'm, that I'm kind of going to make some sculptures out of these different, like, wood and rock pieces. Looks um, sick. Stuff. These are kind of, like, smaller concepts. These are some kind of, like, shapes that, like, you know, you could make into, into stable sculptures if you wanted to make it, like, you know.
0: Yeah, uh, that looks awesome. Uh, it's some oververt on both sides, <laughs> dude. Yes. <laughs> this
1: is stuff called um, uh, concrete cloth. So it's like a fabric with concrete impregnated into it, and so what? you um, sh- shape it and mold it, and then spray it with water, and then it dries hard. Is that heavy? Uh, it's a little heavy. Yeah, it's like concrete.
0: It'd probably be sick to make tech tech ramps out of that thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, you could yeah, you could go crazy with it. You could actually, make, uh, you could actually make, um, uh, real, real skate parks out of it. They do, um, they're doing like a lot of, uh, uh they do like these, uh, like bunkers, like military bunkers. Where it basically comes in a, a, a bag, like, you, like almost like a sleeping bag, you unroll it, and then you inflate it with air, spray it with water, and then the next day you have a concrete dome. Wow. You know, live in or.
0: Damn, that's it. crazy. <laughs> what the fuck?
1: <laughs> I'm really interested in process of all of these different mediums, you know, like when I'm working with concrete and steel, making some of these sculptures, you know, it's like you gotta find, I wanna find out all the different types of concrete. How do they react? How to you know, performing, for shaving, for, you know, all the different stuff. And that applies to almost everything with the skate company that goes into it. Like, okay, so we have to make an advertisement. How do we do that? We have to take pictures. So I have to learn how to use a camera. I have to, you know, I want to understand all the things that go into a company or into these projects that I'm involved with. Like, even if I'm not doing every single one of them, I want to have some sort of uh, knowledge about those things and be able to... Um, uh, you know, if I want to know about silkscreening a shirt, I can know about the different meshes or the the plastisol between water-based ink, or you know, whatever it is. Or, or editing a video, I want to know how to use you know Final Cut or or uh, Premiere or whatever it is. You know the the you know different programs. I want to know how to work Photoshop and get the the photos per. I want to, you know, understand shoe manufacturing. How is not just the, the two-dimensional design of it, but how are they made? What are the materials? How are they injected? How do they react to the mold? You know, all these different things that like I, I want to understand and, and know. And so I'm constantly studying process and mediums and and how can I apply this to whether it's an art creation or a skateboard or a shoe or a photo or anything. I'm just trying to study process and 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 make cool stuff with it or not even cool just fun things that I like to do and enjoy to make things
0: can I add can I add something to, to your to your life <laughs> to your schedule um you should once a week or once a every two weeks or something you should just record a podcast about like something that you learned about and then talk about it like, that, yeah, just, yeah,
1: about- so, like I definitely have like because I like to create content like it's fun for me like you know and so but I haven't you know, besides Instagram, I haven't really had an outlet for it. Like, I used to be anti-social media stuff and I was very like, oh, I'm never gonna be on Facebook. I'm never gonna do any of this stuff. And then as I watched all those things grow, there was all these, like, there was fake Facebook pages of mine and that had like hundreds of thousands of followers or something, you know, and stuff. And I was like, whoa, like, this other person is in charge of the way that the rest of the world is, is, is seeing me and what they think I'm up to and all this stuff. And I was like, well, if someone's gonna do it, I better be the one doing it, you know. And yeah. so that's why I started to change only a few years ago, probably three years ago or so, was the first experience with any type of social media for me. And so, um, it's funny, uh,
0: it's funny because the the back in the day, it was like you weren't like you skated for a brand, and the brand kind of it was up to the brand whether they're gonna promote you, you know, to tell your story, kind of, you know. So yeah. back in the day, like all the brands, were, I skated for New York for years and they just kind of i fit into their look you know it was like we didn't have control of our the way our image the way we express ourselves to like for people to see you know or we tried through magazines which an interview can only do so much because when you hear each other talking you can pick up on sarcasm and humor and all that stuff much better um yeah i don't know where we're going with that but
1: I yeah we're definitely in a different time And, and so like the idea of content is cool to me you know like i like it i like to film stuff and 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 like you said, I think it's like as you're experiencing and learning stuff, it's cool to share that with people because you never know, like if that's you know inspiration could go on to become the next big whatever it is that you're experimenting with, you know, it's something, you know. So so trying to figure out where that um, where that home is to express that content, you know, like because Instagram you're limited to 15 second video, you know, um, and then I, I don't know, I guess maybe a YouTube channel or something. I don't know. I don't know the best place. Podcast.
0: Podcast. Because you could do one once a week. And you could record it. It could be as long as you want, or however you know. Like my podcast, is like an hour to two hours. But if you're going to touch on a 15 minute subject, you could have 15 minutes a week from Muska talking about something you're learning or passionate about or excited about. And you'll have listeners. They'll you'll keep gaining listeners if you just keep putting out episodes. You yeah. know, as long as you're consistent. If it's like once every two weeks, people know to check it out. Like that's coming because I I have it on my iPhone. And then like I have um Joe Rogan. I like his podcast um fighter and the kid which is like my ufc brendan schaub and another comedian they have a podcast together and then i have like npr does a podcast so like i know like i go i work a job monday i go i got these podcasts lined up and i know i get a check out i'd add the muska one in there for sure dude i'd like oh every monday i get a little taste of like what muska's up to sick as fuck i would you'd be in there for sure tim o'connor does one which is pretty cool tim o'connor he has podcasts as well he's got a couple episodes I don't know. I was like, I I put it out. I got like almost eighty episodes now of just like this collection of skateboarders. Actually, which reminds me, Zarek Bassett talked about you on the podcast because he said he met up with you and I think Harold for the first time when he went to New York City. Dude, I remember,
1: I remember <laughs> you did. specifically, and we were skating all around down uh, Midtown and stuff. And like, and he was like, I remember he was just kind of like a quiet little kid that was just like rolling with us kind of like well like checking us out like you know up, like he's, he's, on, he's on zoo he's cool like he's with us like let's go you know and like and like i remember that day cruising around that was fun man we had we had a blast yeah what, he, what, was, he saying? what was he saying oh um
0: oh fuck i have to go back and listen yeah, but he it, was it. just saying he was saying like just his first time in new york because he's from where i'm from we grew up okay. like in the same area and like um yeah. He was just telling me, he's like, yeah, the first time I ever went, it was, I'm with these legends, he's with you and Harold, and he's like, it was fucking mind-blowing, like, he's just talking about the, like, just the, the, how it didn't seem real, you know, like.
1: (laughs) We skated that far that day, too, I think we skated from, like, downtown, all the way up through midtown, all around, and then back down, and, like, we were like, I just remember being on a mission that day. Damn,
0: that's like a session, that's a dream session, too. You and Harold would be a sick one, and Zared had it. (laughs) That's why I like the podcast, because now I get to hear the story.
1: (laughs) Wish, 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 wish to God I could have that session again, man. I miss that motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah, so much, man. Like, yeah, New York was never the same for me without Harold being there.
0: How'd you you meet Harold? Was it from just meeting up on Zoo or something, like seeing him around?
1: first Toy Machine uh, tours... uh, I had, we got to, uh, uh, New York City and, uh, and this was my first time ever going, this is my first time going to New York City. Yes. And, and so I'm on the outskirts of the city with like Mike Ballard and, and the, the other tongue machine guys went to the Europe contest or something. And like I got in this crazy fight with Mike Ballard and I was like, let's go, we go, I'm like in Jersey or something. I'm like, we gotta go to, we gotta go to New York, you know, like I need to get there. I've never been there. I like, and he's like, no, it's like hard to skate the weekdays. There's nowhere to go. Like it's crazy. I'm like, I'm like, look it, you're taking me to fucking New York City, man. Like, <laughs> I'm like, and he wouldn't do it. And so I started snapping. I was being like crazy. And like, I, and he, he got so mad, he wanted to fight me. I remember. And he like called up Todd Swank, and he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill this kid. Like you know, like, and I'm like, look it. I was like, I was like, you're. I think I said some crazy shit because I was being, I was pissed off or something. I was like. I was like, you're paid to be my chauffeur. Take me, to, <laughs> take me to New York City, you know. I would whip that out, too, if I'm trying to get to New York. If that's it. They got super pissed off, and they just they, they end up taking me in the city or something and just dropped me off. And I, had no, I had no idea what the hell I was, where I was at, what I was doing, nothing. And, like, I just skated around the city for, like, hours and hours. I had my backpack and my headphones, I remember, and I had no idea what I was doing. And then somehow I ended up magically just went to the Brooklyn Banks. Yes. like the, the the skate god just led me to the brooklyn banks i didn't know where i was going i don't know how i got there but i skated there
0: the energy the energy pulled you through yeah. the city to the banks
1: was and there was mad homies all skaters were there and i was so frustrated i was bugging out and i went and i just started skating the handrail that the um you know the, the the one handrail that was there i think nine it's there yeah the nine stair you know the brick one everybody's always skating yeah and then i just started just just going crazy i remember i like Nose blended it, blunted it, like all these tricks. And then like I had my headphones on. I was just skating. And I think then the, some of the locals were kind of like, like, fuck this dude. Like, who does he think he is or something? Like it came in and like just went crazy on the handrail. And I was just like in my own world my headphones. And I, some dudes were kind of sweating me. I can't remember exactly what happened. But then Justin Pierce and Harold were both there. And they were like, like, what's up, homie? Like kind of started talking to them. And they were like, "Nah, he's cool, he's cool, like chill, you know." And and uh, they didn't know who I was, nothing, you know. Like it was just like this was just a fresh out off the boat kind of scenario.
0: Yeah, you weren't the muska then. You were just. <laughs> uh, no,
1: I don't know if they thought I was trying to like show off or what. I don't know what was. I was just fucking. I was like, I'm at this rail. It's perfect. I remember this rail so dope. I loved it. And it's like the banks. I was like, I'd known, I'd known what they were, but I didn't, you know. I just randomly ended up and. It's so epic
0: looking, like, when you get there, you're like, holy shit, it's just waves of bricks, you know what I mean, like, the whole thing.
1: There was was tons of skaters there, too, and I was just like, whoa, this is so sick, you know, and, um, uh, Justin ended up, like, saying, like, oh, you could stay at my house, and he'd let me stay at at this place, and he was living with Ryan Hickey in Brooklyn at the time, and, um... I came home, and it was kind of late, and I was sleeping on the wood floor. I remember, and Rankin like, who the fuck's on the floor, you know? And I was, like, oh, shit. Like, And Justin's, like, "Nah, he's cool, he's cool. And, like, so, like, they let me stay there for, like, a night or two. I can't remember. But then uh, I ended up uh, – so I basically met those guys, and they just were cool. And they were just, like, homies took me in, you know? like. And and Harold was, like, oh, you can put your bags at, at, at Supreme. And so I dropped the bags off at Supreme, and we were skating all around. And, um, and so that was like my first introduction to New York and, and Justin Pearson, rest in peace, and, and Harold, rest in peace, fuck, man.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. I'm alive sometimes after all this shit, but, yeah. um, uh, you know, uh, uh, they took me in, you know, and just showed me love and, and let me stay with them and, and, and all that stuff. And it was only a few days or something. And then, uh, Panama Dan was living in Boston. And so, uh, uh, I was with, um, these other homies, um, james i think um, i can't remember man it's been so long but it was panama dance two homies and they were like oh we're going back up to boston if you, if you want to come with us you can stay with us and i was like all right cool let's do it then you know we jumped on a greyhound i think it was or something we ended up like in boston
0: four hours to boston
1: yeah yeah and then those guys took me and let me stay there and I ended up staying for three months in boston and just skating my ass off out there and i uh, was with uh uh you know this is like i can't even I can not remember uh, all the homies but they had a the shop out there at the time. This is before Coliseum and all that. Like um I can not I think it was like um Oh um it was on Orchard maybe the the street is that a place no,
0: or, it wasn't Orchard Orchard's more is like the current shop. Um fuck before that I don't know either but fuck
1: Positive I think what? it was Positive maybe. But yeah, I can't even remember man but it's so long ago you know but anyway those you know i just ended stand up staying on those guys couch for like 3 months or something and uh just had an amazing time in boston crazy weird time jamal was out there like um, yes. mike uh short, no, mike short was that his name the other guy like um shit i can't remember He skated handrails and shit. i i i can't remember man it's so, like so many people back then you know but
0: boston is a beautiful city dude i I, li- I live like an hour from boston right now and uh it's so so much fun to skate and then i'm like I'm a half an hour from Providence, which is a sick fucking city too, and then I'm four hours from New York, which is the fucking capital of the world. Which is insane, dude. Um, yeah, it's insane. Um, oh, I wanted to throw you a zinger real quick. Um, completely (laughs) off the subject. Uh, what do you think about kids and marriage? Have you, have you ever
1: thought of it? What do you mean, me? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, like, I don't know. Just
1: as a human, as someone who lives, like, have you ever thought about, like, will you ever have a kid, like a little Chad, or? I'm not ready. I'm not done being a kid myself yet, I don't think, <laughs> man. I'm still, yeah, like, I, I mean, I don't know, you know? It's, it's something like, I don't really, I've never planned out any of my life or any of my future. I just kind of take things as they come and continue to do what my heart tells me to do, you know what I mean? And so, when that bridge comes and the time is right, I'll cross it, but I haven't like planned it out. I'm not gonna be, I'm not the type of person that's like, oh, I gotta get a wife and kids and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's really like, you know.
0: I ask. I, to, I ask you know, because I think about it. I'm like, I I don't um. I think about kids. Like I don't. I don't. I like little kids. They're fucking awesome. Imagine how trippy it'd be to have one. That I, like. If the
1: time is right. It'd be amazing. You know, like I just. Yeah. I think I'll be a good dad when I am one. It would be yeah. the
0: ultimate creation, no?
1: Yeah, that's the ultimate project right there.
0: Yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm thinking. Like, I look at it, I hold it that, that highly because it scares me. I'm like, oh man, that's like the ultimate. Like, like cause imagine, think about how hard it is to figure out your own life. <laughs> like, that's fucking really hard. So then with it, like a little kid, it would be so terrifying.
1: I have four pugs, so, uh, I, my dogs are kind of like my kids. I don't know if you ever, like, I'm with pugs, they're like little humans, man. Like, they're, they're crazy. Yeah. So, those I are, got two,
0: I got two, I got a beagle and I got Elwood, who's a miniature long-haired dachshund, like a wiener dog with long hair. Um, okay.
1: Oh, what those, those are my babies. What's
0: that, those are your babies? Yeah, yeah, give yeah. Give me the names, give me the names. Max, Coco, Maggie, and Doug. How did it start? Did it start with one or two?
1: Uh, with one, like my one homegirl adopted, or had one of the pugs and, uh, she was like, oh, we are supposed to be a, a toy pug? and He was getting too big or something. And they were gonna like give him up for adoption, and I'd already been like <laughs> hanging with them. And I was like, that's my dog. That's Max. That's Max. He was the OG. He's the perfect
0: size for you. Who gives a fuck?
1: And <laughs> a big old tongue out. He's like, like four inch long tongue hanging out. He's he's crazy. And I just I fell in love with pugs in New York City. Actually, I was like walking around one time and like I just saw them. I was like, oh, I'd never seen them for some reason. When I was growing up, I just never saw a pug before." And uh, uh, and then when I saw uh, saw him in New York, I was just like, oh my god, I love these dogs, you know. And um, and I can't remember if Harold got his first or I got mine first. I can't remember, but uh, it was around the same time. And uh, uh, you know, just like we just like yeah, just I had the love for pugs. I don't know. I love all dogs. Don't get me wrong. But do you I, sleep? I, I do you talk. sleep with
0: like one under each arm? Like, because my dogs pile in the bed and they make me so uncomfortable.
1: Oh yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. There's no. <laughs> it's their bed. They yeah, have time. <laughs> Oh, right so- now, doing construction on my bathroom because they found black mold in my uh my bathroom. So like, ripped the whole thing out in my bedroom. It's connected by my bedroom, and so I've been sleeping on the couch for like three weeks with all the dogs and my girl on the couch for three weeks. So it's been a little, been a little crazy.
0: Damn, black mold. That's sketchy.
1: Yeah, I guess it wasn't like the most toxic of them, but still, like I was getting migraines really bad, and I'm not like that could been it. So like uh, hopefully, at least it's out of the house now. And so now, but they had to like. Rip everything out and just remove it all, and then I'm just sitting there with, like, a shell of a bathroom, like, okay, what do you got to do now, like, so I've been doing that a little bit lately, it's been a project, but.
0: Okay, I got, I got it, I don't want to hold you too much longer, because you've been awesome, Um, but I got uh, two things, one was, oh, I got to tell you a story about my dog, Amber, she's a beagle, and uh, I posted the video online, uh, we found a hole in my backyard, and just, like, six inches down in this hole is, like, a family of rabbits, and they're just like in the middle of my yard, like just not, not by like a shed or a tree. It's just a hole in my yard that I mowed over. I fucking mowed over two days ago and I didn't even realize there's a whole family like six inches below. And uh, my, I'm, I'm out back and my dog yelps and I'm like, what the fuck? And it's my little dog Elwood. And then, and then I'm like, oh, he's okay. He must have got bit in the ass by like a an ant or something, you know, like I don't know. And then two minutes later, my beagle's over there. And she fucking has a rabbit in her mouth, and she fucking killed it. And it was so... I just got home from work, and I was like, Jesus. I, like, yelled at her. She dropped the baby rabbit. It was, like, it was struggling for life. Like, it was, uh, it was like, not going to be healed, like, broken everything. So I had to, like, mercy kill it with my foot, which was fucking brutal. Uh, I know, I know, I know. And I fucking had to do that. And then, uh, and then, uh, I looked down in the hole, and there's, like, there's still three more in there, man. And, uh... Oh, it was so brutal. So brutal. My, and my girl was like talking about my dog calling her a murderer and stuff. I'm like, she's a dog. Like, they don't, she don't know, you know? Like, it's just instinctual. Like, she's a beagle. They probably hunted rabbits for generations and generations and she was born and it's in her blood. That was such a gnarly thing that I, sorry to be a Debbie Downer, but I've been waiting to tell that story to someone. <laughs> brutal. Sorry, but they're she, still back. back-
1: you didn't mercy kill the other three did
0: you no 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 <laughs> no. they're still back good, there they're good, still back good. there i had to though the thing couldn't even like like it was either just let it suffer or like yeah. you know what no. oh it was sucked it was the worst feeling i uh, i still
1: the mother I, rabbit's still around or what's that the mom rabbit
0: i don't know dude she's not in there though i i, I haven't seen her so they're just the baby ones but uh my neighbor I showed my neighbor and he brought his whole family to check it out and now I just put like a grate over it i have like um a grate so they can get in and out but my dog can't get underneath it you know what i mean to like cuz she keeps going in the hole and just like grabbing them out or something Or that's how she did it you know so um she's tried to get back to the hole and i yell at her i'm like no 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 um oh and then all right so sorry about that but um i wanted to ask you um so we kind of touched on technology a little bit. I want to talk. I want to talk about uh, if you're optim. You're obviously optimistic about life and the t- way things are going. Were you always like this? Because I know, like, going as a little child for me, growing up the way I did with like all that violence and backstory that was harsh, I, I was pessimistic. Pessimistic for a long time. So I just kind of curious if you went through that at all.
1: No, I think I've always been pretty like hyped on things. Like you know, like whether because like especially as I got, got older, but I think that this is something that's been in me for life was like, even the most painful of experiences in life are a blessing because you have the ability to experience it. So like all, and without those horrible moments, the beautiful ones wouldn't be beautiful. You know, it's all about duality. It's all about like whatever you want to call it, yin, yang, light, dark. It's the duality of things that make this universe possible. You know, so, like, if, if, if I didn't experience those crazy moments in my life, then these great moments would never be as great as they have been, you yeah, know? And so,
0: I, the highs, you wouldn't recognize the highs unless you went to the low lowest point, because then you know how much it takes to rise up to those points.
1: Exactly, and so, like, I mean, everything, of course, things hit you, and, like, sometimes it takes a, lot, a little bit longer to dig yourself out of a scenario or a hole that you can put yourself into mentally physically or whatever it is that you get you go through in life you know but like ultimately like everything keeps going with or without you so it's like important to just keep going you know what I mean at your own pace and and I found it's like you know I don't try to judge or compare myself to others and what they're doing you know I just try to like focus on cool stuff try to stay as positive as I can as a human and do the right choices and and like you know like everything else seems to work itself out from there, you know, and it's like, nothing will be perfect, but, you know, all you can do is try, try your best, and that's, that's what we're here to do, right?
0: Yeah, and it, I think, I think if it was perfect, then it wouldn't be perfect, you wouldn't want it, like, yeah, uh, it takes, like, you, you gotta have the yin and the yang, like you're saying, for yeah, perfection sure.
1: Perfection is boring, like, right? you know, like, I mean, you know, in, in, perfectly imperfect, i guess <laughs> yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely dude and i love that you said try because that's something i'm big on i like when people try because when you're young you're it's a growing process you're at the beginning you don't you're brought into this world and sometimes you're brought into the world at a negative or with negative shit around you so it's like um if you just keep trying if you, if you you know even if the people around you are decaying and just being foul or whatever you know not neglecting life like but if you just focus on how amazing life is and just keep progressing in your own life and trying to see beauties in others and you know I, I that's i that's like the most important shit in my life is like that growing process because oh yeah you know being being into a situation being birthed into a situation you have no control out of and you don't have any of the normalcies of like what people say family is and stuff like that yeah so fuck with your emotions your feelings the way you perceive the world like all this stuff. have you ever tried a float tank uh, what is that? It's a sensory deprivation tank. Um I, I I actually did a podcast with the lady that owns it. But basically, it's a tank. You go in, it has 10 inches of salt water, Epsom salt. And you go in and you float. So you have no gravity and you have no senses. You put um wax in your ears so you can't hear. You're in a tank so it's closed. You can't see. All your senses are cut off. So it's like the, almost the first time you ever hear your own inner voice. And you float for like an hour. So it's great for like your body – because your body doesn't have gravity for an hour, so all your yeah. joints and all that salt water and magnesium for an hour, it just heals your body. And then just, like, to hear your own voice and, like, without any stimulus at all, it's like being in and out of space.
1: Fucking <laughs> <That was laughs> sick. There you go. What's it called? Float what?
0: Oh, it's called sensory deprivation tank, but people call yeah. them float tanks. You could look yeah. them up. They're yeah. everywhere, man. I yeah. went to one. Yeah, if you ever get a chance, it's really good, man, it's very uh, healing, too, because we walk around with all this shit on our backs, especially from, like, our past and everything, you know, like, and you forget that it's there, and you feel weighed down, you get in the tank, and it's like, there's silence and no stimulation, so you just, like, kind of get it all out, and then you stay in there long enough, and then you start creating and daydreaming, and it's, like, fucking amazing, because you're, like, floating in space, you have none of your senses.
1: I think, I think I have the ability to, to make that float tank in, in without even being in the tank. No. Yeah, sure. no,
0: people, people do it. I mean, yoga they talk about and other things like that. Do you just say in general life you have a way to do that?
1: I think so. And that's what I've been finding out. Like just to like, and through meditation, you know? Yeah. Shut, through shutting everything down, like and, 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 and going into your head and listening to that voice. Yeah. I try to practice that on my own, my own little, uh, Regiment, I guess you know and
0: yeah that's how it happened for me too I kind of was like at work and I'm dealing with a lot of different personalities I never dealt with and a lot of weird like dynamics at, in a workplace that I'm just like so I just found a way to like kind of just silence my narrative in my head and just like focus on the task in front of me and it's like it's nice to have that and the float tank like really pushes you into that moment like you get in there and it's like you're forced into that moment which is awesome it Was scary for some people but it was scary for me at first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a show coming out called AIN Life, All I Need Life. In episode one, I go into float tank and like I interview the lady who owns it. I'm gonna put it out um probably next week, probably next maybe Monday. I'm gonna release it on our website um and yeah, if you get a chance, I'll send you the link. You can check it yeah. out, dude. Yeah,
1: for sure. And then so with the podcast and stuff, if they want to follow you, do you just go like through iTunes and do it, or how how do you follow people on?
0: Yeah, um yeah, so on iTunes Store, you can go and you can just type in the name of the podcast and it'll pop right up and then they can subscribe and it'll go right to their phone like on your iPhone you can have a podcast app that they have and every time you put a new episode up, it'll pop up in there and I'll just go back to your little channel and they'll be like, "Oh, Muska put up two new episodes this week." And then I like just queue it up and listen to it and it's rad because you can I could listen to 20 minutes of yours, pause it, close the app out, And then like do some stuff I have to do. Come back, it'll save my place. I just pick up in the conversation. It's like oh, I only listened to this much for this week, and then two days later I finished it, and it was sick. Like a book on book on tape almost.
1: I'm gonna have to look into it. Yeah, it's super (laughs) good.
0: If you uh if you have any questions, man, you have my email and phone number, and I can help you out as much as possible because it's sick and it doesn't take much to start at all, and it's very fun. It's very fun, and you seem like someone who's excited about life and doing cool shit. So if you share uh, that, sick. Heck, <laughs> sick. heck yeah, heck yeah. Chad, So um, actually, how we usually wrap these things up is uh. If people want to check out your art or your skating or anything, Chad Muska, where, where do they go? What outlets
1: do you have? Websites, yeah, probably, social, media? Uh, probably Instagram for at the Muska is is, uh, is is the main one. I'd say I'd say Instagram would be the main or uh, uh, on Facebook, Chad Muska official. But Instagram is probably my main my main outlet as far as like what I'm up to at the moment. Kind of
0: uh, how do you how do you do it with like your art and stuff? Do you sell anything? Do you have a web store? Is that like a different no. Thing?
1: No, uh, no, I just, um, for me, the art is more about creating it than it is selling it, you know, and I'm blessed to have the the uh, outlet through skateboarding and through shoe design and all that to sort of like fund my life. And then so the art is, I sell some art, but it's never like, uh, something that I'm not interested in, in, in doing is more about making the, the stuff. And, um, so, uh, but yeah, like, yeah, just, I guess just the main outlet would be just the Instagram at the Musco. Check it out, see what I am up to you know it's always changing there's always new stuff i'm always you know going from skating to designing to art to music to you know all these different things that interest me in life and um and uh, not allowing any labels or any uh comments or criticism to stop me from anything that i'm going to do you know it's just yes. uh this is all here for us all an experience and all to do and have fun while we're doing it and that's all that matters to me
0: absolutely dude that's fucking so rad chad seriously Thank you so much, and uh, this was fucking awesome. It was a childhood dream, dude, for sure. Thank you for killing so fucking hard, and I know there's a generation of people out there that loved your skating, and not just your skating, but like your hype and everything you brought besides just the tricks. Um, thank you.
1: Uh, thank you. Much love and respect to you and, and to yours and uh, to everybody else out there listening. Thank you. Much love. Do your thing. Don't let nobody stop you. Hell yeah. Hang on, brothers and sisters. Liberation is near. It's almost time. Buddy. Oh, hell yeah. 8, Say, come 8, on. tell so all my people, where you 6, at? Put your fist up. 8, we gonna twist 8, up. 8, Say, come on. 8, come, come on. on. Experience 8, the train. 8, uh, uh, up. Dan. Hop. board. Come uh, on. Experience rocking with the shot.